Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Welcome for the hack and cough in your ear. I've told you when I get up in the morning, it's just kind of the way of life. And uh, 31st day of March, this is show number, let me look at my record here. Oh, where is it? Unbelievable. 1859, show number 1859. I put 58, I got to get that right. Wow, wow, wow. Living is easy with eyes closed misunderstanding all you see. Hey, strawberry fields forever, isn't it? That's America today, man. Let me take you down. I'm going to strawberry fields. Nothing is real and nothing to get about. Strawberry fields forever. Man, it's crazy. Hey, get ready. Joe's going to lead us some communion here in a second. Um, misunderstanding all you see. You know, if you guys were to go back, now that we're all old, and now that we all grew up with rock and roll through the 60s and the 70s and all that, and spent our lives drunk listening to music, smoking dope. I never never smoked dope. I was never a dope smoker. Smoking dope, uh, whatever, being, being out of our mind. You know, some of the most profound music ever was written during that, that generation. We go back and read the insight of some of those guys. You think about how really, how young some of those guys were. What were the Beatles? What, what were they? 20, 25, 20, I'm guessing 25, 26 years old. I listened to some of that stuff that Elton John, Bernie Taupin wrote profound, really, really profound poetry. It gets right down to it. They put it to music. And it was a really, for those of us who, uh, grew up in that time. Boy, it was a music of a generation, wasn't it? And I go back to I've been I've been going back and reading some of the stuff that uh, even like Bob Dylan Bob Dylan wrote. Golly, golly, they were the conscience of a generation. What's the conscience of our generation today? Hip hop, rap. What 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 is the conscience? What is the American music scene? What is it producing? Because. The profile. See that I'm guessing. I don't listen. I don't listen to popular music. What are our kids listening to? Rap, all about sex and booty and right. The filth, the the lack of imagination, this the that's not the right word. The the no depth of meaning in, in today's no depth of meaning. In words, I mean, if I this this should be a great show. I'm not going to do it today, but it'd be a great show to say, "Hey, I want everybody to come to the queue on next Friday. I want everybody to bring a profound line or paragraph or verse out of a song that you that you sang or listened to in your teenage years. That would be something, wouldn't it? The profundity." of what some of these guys were writing. And what are they, what are we hearing today? I don't, of course, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm getting, that song's coming to my ears here. Uh, Don't let the sun go down on me. Don't let the sun. Although I search myself, it's always someone else I see. I'm just a fragment of you, my line. How's it go? Wow, huh? Profound stuff. Profound stuff. And, uh, boy, we we have really, really, golly, our culture has so, so, so degenerated. <laughs> hey, I don't know where this is coming from, huh? I, it's really, wow, wow. 
Where where are the Dylans? Where are the Beatles? Where are the where are the Elton Johns? Where where are the profound? Ah, where are they? Where are they today? It's all in my opinion. It's all probably a product of wasted lives on drugs and TV and video games and lost the ability to yeah. think deeply. I'll, I'll shut up. They, Joe, come on. They sang yeah. about the times, Coach. They sang about the times. Buffalo Springfield, for what it's worth. Huh? Oh, my goodness. Don't get me going, man. Don't. You can't always get what you want. Huh? I can't get no satisfaction. Boy, don't quit doing that. Quit putting those songs up on the screen because they, they were they were really, really profoundly deep, profoundly deep. And then think about this. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Think about where our Christian music has gone. Think how deep, how those old hymns were full of doctrine. And today's Christian music is feel good. I want to sit on your lap. Love me, draw me, oh, open my eyes, Lord. The transition from profound profound lyrics and truth to this mess that we're dealing with in, in America today. In fact, what would what would be the genre today of American music? What would it be? Beyonce shaking her ass? Is that it? Is that it? Huh? What's that guy's name she used to be married to? Uh, Jay-Z? They don't even have names anymore. They don't even have names. Everything's fake. Let me take you down. Oh, I'm going to strawberry fields. Nothing is real. There's nothing to get huffed about. Strawberry fields forever. Go ahead, Joe. Living is easy with eyes closed. Misunderstanding all you see. Wow. Wow. Go ahead, y'all. Shut up. Okay. No, it's... Uh... Joe just goes on and on and on and on and on, doesn't it, right? It's profound. If, if, you guys, if you guys continue to put lyrics in the screen, I'm never going to get anywhere, okay, where you stop it because, the, really, really, oh, my goodness. What if we learned the word rather than just songs? Wow. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry. No, I, 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 there, there's a lot of profound songs out there. I mean, you know, everybody's talking about the Eagles and Zeppelin and Stairway oh, to Heaven. Don't get and, me gone. Take it easy. Take it easy. Standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona, and it's such a fine sight to see. It's a girl, my lord, in a hotbed Ford, slowing down to take a look at me. Take it easy. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. In that well, time, it, it, Charles Manson, too. Well, you, stop it. Stop it, Joe. Stop it. <laughs> that wasn't. Oh, yeah. Okay, can we please go to 2 Timothy 1, 8 to 11? Okay, folks. Let's all get real spiritual now, okay? Let's all get real spiritual here now. All right. All right. Wipe that smile off your face. Go ahead, Joe. Get religious here. Uh. Be so thou not son of a sailor. God, just go on. Cut <laughs> Well, you are in an amazing mood today. I, I, mean, I wasn't before, by him all of a sudden, I guess. I mean, and, and for me, it's a how can someone be that awake at four in the morning? You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll wake you up, huh? I'll wake yeah. you up. Yeah. Hey, by the way, stop a minute, Joe. Again, I'm going to ask you this, friends. What if? What if we, you know, we have the computers that have the cloud, right? There's a cloud. Everything's stored in the cloud. Wherever that is, it's there. What if our memory is literally a cloud? What if, what if our knowledge base, ask yourself this. I, why is it that we are able at the sound of a whatever to recall a song? The words flow into our head. And not only that, the words that flow into our head and the memory of where we were when we were listening to that, right? What if the, what if it's outside of us? What if the cloud and what if our brain doesn't really store all that? What if our brain is literally connected to a cloud? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I know this. Some science 
that goes behind that. I, I wouldn't trade my brain for nobody's. You guys, you guys may want to shoot me, but I, hey, I love my brain. Let's go, Joe. Leave me. Okay. Hey, quit, quit egging me on. Quit egging me on here. Um, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Amen, brother. Hmm. Who hath saved us? Yes. And called us us with an holy calling, Mm. not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. But it is now made manifest by the appearing of our Lord Jesus, Savior, Jesus Christ, mm. who hath abolished death and hath wow. brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Folks, do you understand what Joe just read there? Jesus, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath, past tense, abolished death. Do you understand? If you're a child of the King, you will never die wow wow go joe whereunto i am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the gentiles and i think paul's saying that anybody who tries to serve the lord as he does is in similar shoes to this these verses that i've just stated Mm-hmm. That's that's our job, and yeah, that's he's somebody. If we can't walk in Christ's shoes, maybe we can at least try to model Paul, who was definitely a sinner, <laughs> who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before. The world began. Yeah. How deep is that, folks? Man, yeah. Oh this is hey, where but, the predestination argument and everything else comes, you know. That's right. That's right. And by the way, quit trying to criticize somebody else's gift. Go ahead, Joe. Okay. So now I'm going to say a short prayer uh, about our Lord, our, this communion, and this wonderful group that's here today. Heavenly Father. Thank you so much for the blessings you shed upon us and thank you for our salvation and that we have a God who gave his only begotten son that we may not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Amen. And Lord, uh, we come together here by the marvels of modern technology from all across this great country and from some parts of the world, and we come to you, and as we come to you, we are examining ourselves. So please bring us, help us, forgive us our sins and our transgressions, bring us cleansed into your sight, and bless this bread and this drink representing your body and your blood that you shed for us so many years ago, and that this was planned and you knew it was going to happen, and you knew that we would be on this call when we did that. It's so profound. So thank you, Jesus, and for everything. In Jesus', in Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 What does it mean to know? What does that mean? To know. To foreknow. What is knowledge, even? What is it? Because Joe kind of mentioned the whole idea of predestination and uh, steps of a righteous man ordered by the Lord. Think about that. I could preach on that right now. I won't. Go ahead, Joe. Um, If we could go to Matthew 26, 26 to 29. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it 
and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body. Thank you, Lord. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Amen, Joe. Amen. Thank you, Coach. Amen. Amen. You know, one of the things I struggle with every day when I come down here. First of all, I'm no more no more holy or righteous than, than any, of the, any of you folks. Just telling you the truth. Uh, try to be, but I'm not. And I struggle every day when I come down here uh, because of this gathering and here I feel somewhat responsible, although the Holy Spirit guides us and directs us. There's always a pressure on me when I come down here that, that uh, that the show is going to be germane, not German, germane. It's going to be applicable. And the struggle I have is that fine line between spiritual and secular, between the sacred and the secular. And what are we here to? Are we here to be trained spiritually, or are we here to be equipped? Secular. Is that, make, is that making sense? And I, w- I would think that if one of the things that differs about what we try to do here, what I try to do every day, every day, is I try to lay the basis from a scriptural standpoint on how our faith applies to what it is we're going to talk about today. And that <clears throat> we will take the application of our faith or the application of what we discuss and run it through the the filter of our faith. And at, at the foundation of, of the show, a foundation of, is <clears throat> what is this show about? What, what, what is it we do here? What is, why do you come here every day? Do you come here for the fellowship? Do you come here because of something profoundly spiritual that I'm going to say? Do you come here because you, you, I mean, what you don't, I'm not asking. I mean, you don't have to say, here's why I'm here coach. And I'm not saying, please don't go, oh, coach, I just come here. That's the most wonderful thing. And you just encourage me. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Because you take emotion out of it. Most of us are really, really controlled by our emotions. it, It can be really, really effective, but it can be really, really dangerous as well. And when the day's over and, uh, you go about your day and the things that we discussed here at coach Dave live in the huddle, how does it impact you throughout the rest of your day? And are you the same today that you were a month ago or two months ago? And again, what's the purpose of the show? Because if we just become cultural warriors, that's all well and good because we need cultural warriors. But that's, that's only half of the game. And if we just become holy, righteous soul winners, that's all really good, but that's just half of the game. And to try to find out how, how to reach that balance here every day is really my is really it's really a challenge for me, to be honest with you. So I'm not whining and moaning and groaning, because if I were to take a poll, some of you want more spiritual stuff and some of you want more cultural stuff. So it's a it's a juggling, juggling, and I just appreciate you all giving me, uh, uh, giving me the, the grace to do what we do. I want to do a special acknowledgement real quickly. My 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 buddy and my cousin, actually, second cousin Rod Rod Hoskinson Rodney, who I, I had an issue yesterday. I told Rod yesterday. I said, "You like my uh, you like my dad." When I whenever I have trouble, I call you. Mechanical trouble, whatever, and. 
he showed up again yesterday and helped me out with something just beyond the call of duty. My wife, you know, my wife said something to me really profoundly the other day. And if anybody listening out there, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, but there's a good, great lesson in this, great lesson. Back when now in the 19... 19- 97, when I got sued by the American Civil Liberties Union. I'm, my name in Central Ohio was, it was everywhere. It was in all the news, all the TV, yada, yada, controversial figure, coach, yada, blah, blah. And then after I went through that battle with the ACLU and launched past Assault Ministries, then I became even more and more controversial. And my, my wife and I were having a discussion the other day. I'm going somewhere, stay with me. And she said to me, because uh, I, I tried to come in the back door here. I thought about how she brought it up. I thought about how many people who were really, 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 my really, really good friends, that when I got sued by the ACLU, went silent. They didn't call me. They didn't encourage me. They didn't call and say, Coach Dave Dobby, we got your back here on it. No. Not one, not one. And uh, I think you find out who your friends are, really who your friends are, really in, in a in a time of crisis, right? And the one thing that I think, well, not something I want us to, to be able to pride ourselves on is when a brother's in need, we don't shy away. You know, sometimes, here's the problem. Sometimes you just don't know what to say. You just don't know what to say. So you don't say anything. And I can tell you that the number of times my my old buddy Coach Norm out there and people who are really our friends and really walk through that mess and walk through, oh, geez, I can't even tell you. The bond that was formed in my heart to those who reached out in the midst of a difficult situation, who, listen, who didn't have too much pride to say, that's my buddy. I don't know what he did, but that's my buddy. I think we need to take all that all that to heart. Because when you know when you hit rock bottom or something bad happens or something, again, most of us we don't know what to say, right? If I if somebody's son gets gets arrested for molesting somebody, as horrible as it might be. If, heaven forbid, uh, somebody's son murdered somebody else, as horrible as that crime is, why is it so hard for us to pick up the phone and call our friend and say, I'm praying for you? Or if we see one of our, one of our buddies slip, slide, whatever it would be, a drunk driving thing, an uh, uh, extramarital affair, whatever it would be, why is it at that time of crisis in that person's life, we, those of us who know the Lord and understand grace, why are we so hesitant to call? Because we are. And I think it's because really when you get right down to it, you don't really, you don't really know what to say. You know, what do you say to somebody whose son, just using an example, was drunk driving, went left the center and killed somebody? What do you say? What do you say? And so the thing is, we don't say anything most times. And the person suffers alone. Sometimes all it is, takes up the phone, say, hey, coach, I don't know what the hell's going on, but I'm, I'm praying for you. I got your back, coach. Because we sure bail quickly, don't we? We bail quickly. So I don't know, even know why the Lord had me say that today, other than I think it's, I think it's really significant that uh, I'll never forget the people who helped me when nobody else will would. I'll never forget it. I remember who they are. Oh, everybody wanted to be around me when everything was going good. But when uh, wasn't so good and it was in the papers, whew, hard to find a friend then. Right? Come on, we're better than that. We're better than that. Jeff Nell, come on in. Yeah, I had a friend come to me and 
he complained about the pastor. He was found that he had a relative that died, and he went to the pastor for comfort. And he said he found no comfort on the words because he mentioned no scripture. So uh, I'd like to read Matthew chapter 5 as a beatitude, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mm. And have empathy and explanation, even though you may not experience a mournful death in your in your life, death of a relative, whatever, you should know have the words. It, it's, it's amazing. All right, thanks. Yeah, just call and say, listen, I'd like to tell you I know what you're going through, but I don't know what you're going through. I just want to encourage you to know that, that the, I'm praying for you and that you matter to me. Sometimes that's that's all it takes, right? You don't need the details. You don't need the details of what happened. And you don't need the details. Say, brother, you, he ain't heavy. It's a long, long road with many a winding turn that leads us to who knows where. I'm off key, right? Wow, long, long winding road. Myra, go. Yes, Coach, in regard to the impact and you singing, just singing, um, and this wonderful group, like um, Joe said, Nehemiah 810, um, at least the impact I take uh, with me throughout the day. Then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat and drink mm. the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither be ye sorry for the joy of the Lord it's your strength. Hallelujah. Hey, it isn't your joy. It's the joy of the Lord that's your strength. Not your joy. Tracy. Um, I know that the Lord surrounded me by the most caring, caring, loving people when my husband had his DUI accident. Mm-hmm. When I was at your retreat, coach, in October 2021, I had more comfort and and that from people that i have only known for a year than all of our friends that we knew for so long i couldn't have been in a better place than this ministry amen there but for the grace of god go i right folks you got to remember that huh there but for the grace of god go i hey been there done that huh he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. I wonder how, how loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. Kevin. Coach, there's an old saying. Success has many fathers, but failure is forever an orphan, all right? What that means is that when things are going good, things are successful, everybody wants to be associated with it. Hey, I had something to do with that. But when things go south, when things go wrong, nobody wants their name tagged along with it. Amen, amen. So I love Norm Emmett and Rod Hoskinson and some of those guys who stood by me through thick and thin and up and down. That's why I love my wife. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Hey, persecution either breaks you or bonds you. And Michelle and I have an unbreakable bond because of persecution. Persecution is good for you, folks. Amen. Uh, Oh, it's so good for you. It hurts like hell. But, oh, it's good. It's good. Go ahead, Julie. Good morning. Um, Yeah, it just makes me think, you know, when Christ went to the cross, look how many people, like, said, I never knew, you know, I don't know him. And it's just like the same way with us. Yeah, very profound. Amen, amen, amen. I'm going to keep singing songs here this morning. Pull up for me real quickly, uh, CCV. I didn't number things this morning. Folks, look, I, this is going to come across as criticism, and I don't, I don't care. It's not meant to be criticism. But I just got to say, I got to say it or I'll choke. <clears throat> so here in Ohio, one of our, uh, one of our greatest pro-family organizations is a center it used to be called a center for uh, Christian values. It used to be called Center for Christian Values. 
They changed their name. Their name became the Center for Christian Virtue. And they do good work, and I'm not criticizing them. But sometimes I wonder just how out of touch some, some people are. Because I got an email yesterday, the Cincinnati Celebration Gala. They're having a big event. They're a huge fundraiser for the year on Tuesday, May 9th. And their guest speaker is Mike Pence. Oh, my God. Oh. Now, folks, what, folks, what's going on? What is going on? Are there those in the Christian world who still think Mike Pence is one of the good guys? What, 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 what the heck is going on? Pull it off the screen. I see, I see these kind of things all the day and wonder what, what? Hey, crap. I could have thought of a thousand people. Mike Pence, if I was going to have a, a Christian gala, gala uh, he wouldn't even be on the, the I never thought of him list. <laughs> he wouldn't be anyway near, near it. It'll be interesting to see how many people show up to hear Mike Pence talk. <laughs> Amen. Uh, okay, look, breakthroughs everywhere. We are so winning. Go ahead, Roger. Go ahead, Roger. I don't know it's probably about this. Well, I, you know, Dave, I sat on their board for a number of years and decided to move on a number of years ago, but I, I couldn't believe it either. And even worse, in Columbus, they're having Betty DeVos speak at the Columbus rally and both of those both of those puzzled me I don't care what you think about Mike Pence he's a backstabber period and no doubt backstabber how can they not how can they not know that Roger you know well I I don't know Dave it's to sell tickets maybe but yeah but Mike Pence is a good example of how we have been trying to influence the culture the last 30 years and how we have failed we often talk on the show to give me one area of our culture where Christian influence controls. There are none. There are none. And it's because of guys like Mike Pence. That's the problem. It's because of guys like him. So and Roger, CCV, CCV, which has good people involved, yes, invite yes. him to speak and pay him $25,000 to come and speak. About what? How he turned his back on his friend? Mike Pence was nothing till Trump selected him. Right. And then right. he keeps on stabbing his friend in the back. Why not know, have Jim publicly. why not have let's have Jim Jordan? He's just right up the street. They could have got Jim Jordan in there, couldn't they? Anybody. Anybody. It's, it's, it's Roger, it's baffling to me. It's just baffling. And then what? They're gonna have Voss, Amway. Go ahead, Judd. I feel you. Um, actually, Roger, if you have any information on where that uh, meeting is with uh, Betsy Trader DeVos, that'd be great to uh, to know. It, it's in. I'll get it to you. It's in Columbus sometime. But Jeez. she, I mean, <laughs> like I like you said, Dave. My goodness, they wouldn't even be on my top thirty. You no. know, hell, I'd do a better job. You would do a better job. Amen. I'd empty the place. They could have me. I'd empty. I'd empty the place for them if that's what they want. My goodness, Mike McKee, go ahead, Mike, and Jack. Coach, it's been my experience over the years that no vice president is chosen by the president. If he does choose one, I'm at several people that the that the New World Order and all these other Council on Foreign Relations and all these other folks. Yep. Someone they want to be in there. To keep. Keep watch on the president. Worst thing Ronald Reagan ever did was pick George Bush as his vice president, right? Worst thing he ever did. The second Amen. worst thing that Amen. Donald Trump yep. ever did was pick Mike Pence as he somebody picked Mike Pence for him. He didn't pick Mike Pence. Go ahead, Jack. Okay, so how can Roger run for office? He either has to be wealthy and or he has to be corrupt. Okay, so why don't we all learn how to get out of the box and fund a campaign? I could be working for you running a campaign for two years if I was I didn't have to earn a living, pay my bills, if I I was guaranteed that. So 200 families supporting one candidate 
with 1% of their after-tax income, 1%, just 1% jump change, makes it possible for you or me or anybody else to actually run for office and win because it takes two years to shake every hand in your district. But you could do it. A year and a half, two years, and you could run. And you don't have to be a Becky Trader DeVos or a, or a Jesuit Jesuit Three Pence. You could actually do it. And that scares the crap out of them. That's why they control the parties. Amen. Amen. I'm with you. I'm with you. My problems are so deep. I've got a couple of clips I want to show you. Then this is both. See, I call it Flea Flicker Friday, but then I run, run everything. The reason I run everything is because if nobody has anything to discuss, then we got a stupid show. So I want to show you a couple of things, folks. Piece by piece, I, I, I don't know what's going on, man. Nothing hidden that will not be revealed. I want to show you a couple of things right now that absolutely blew my mind. Blew my mind. Newsweek magazine. You guys know that. About as lefty as you can possibly be. First one down there. Newsweek magazine. COVID lies. Pull that up there, producer. America's COVID response was based on lies. Scott Atlas doesn't unbelievable. I'm not going to take time to read it all. It says, this is Newsweek magazine. All right, scroll down a minute. The COVID-19, you went too far on me, bud. I'm sorry. The COVID-19 pandemic most likely came from a laboratory leak in China. And then Scott Atlas goes down there and rips it apart. The whole thing, the masks, the social distancing, all of it made up. All of it, all of it. All of it made up. All of it made up. Right? Deborah Burks. I'm not going to take time to read this. It's put it in the chat. It's amazing. Mike, I stay right there. The historical record is critical. We've seen a macabre, macabre Orwellian attempt to rewrite history and to blame the failure of widespread lockdowns on the lockdowns critics. In other words, they want to blame us because we wouldn't do it, right? Alongside absurd denials of officials' own incessant demand for the lockdowns. In the Trump administration, Dr. Deborah Burks was formerly in charge of the medical side of the White House. In that in the first in the first year, in that capacity, she authorized authored all written federal policy recommendations to governors and states and personally advised states public health officials during other visits often with Mike Pence, who oversaw the entire task force, upon the inauguration of Joe Biden, Anthony Fauci, who became chief medical advisor and ran the Biden pandemic response. In other words, they are, this is an expose. It didn't work. It was all fake and it didn't work. Now, here's what we have to ask ourselves. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? Put that in the chat. You can read it on your own. Then, I don't know what's going on in Newsweek, but Newsweek comes up with another great one. Satan is popular. Satan is getting hot as hell in America's pop culture. What? Huh? Play that video. A trailer for nefarious, a film that they're putting. This is Newsweek magazine. It's like they've turned traitor on Satan. (laughs) Like they're exposing Satan all of a sudden. Go ahead. Oh? You should have accepted my offer, James. <laughs> Execution scheduled for 11 p.m. But he's trying to convince us he's gone insane. And therefore incapable of being executed. I need you to prove he's faking it. Edward? I'm gonna ask you some questions. I'm not Edward. I'm a demon. Demons aren't really a thing. What happened to Edward? We own him. We? He's a master manipulator. You have your head so twisted around you think you're the killer, not him. Give me something to make me believe you. Prove to me you're a demon. Probably. 
probably just a coincidence. I want to talk to the real Edward. Makes me do bad things. I can't stop him. I need you to see something. You got a fan. Did the same thing with all his victims. Help me! I'm trying to, Edward, but you have to answer my questions. You have to tell me the truth. It won't let me! It can go away. It can go away. Yes? No. Okay, take, you can quit, okay? Look, folks, here's, here's my take on it. Here's my take on it. I think t- Satan literally knows his time is short. And I believe that they're coming out of hiding to try to, uh, whether, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. Amen. They are out front, unashamed with what's going on. And so we have to continue to connect Lucifer and the demonic side to what's going on. By the way, Spencer, real quick, bring up yesterday's commentary, because there's something in there I want to go about. uh, I want to bring to your attention again here real quickly. Bear with me a second. I'll get you, George. Hang on. Go down about halfway down through it. Okay. Keep keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Okay. Uh, Satan is a transliteration of the Hebrew word, which means adversary. We have an adversary, folks. We have an ad. The Lord has an adversary. We are pawns in the game, right? We are football players on Team Jesus. And Team Jesus has an adversary, and it's the devil. And the devil and his minions are constantly fighting against good. And what's happened? Those of us who claim Christ have withdrawn from the playing field. We are not fighting at all. All right. Number two, Satan is not in hell yet. Friends, listen, we have this, we have this idea in our mind that uh, when you go to hell, Satan's down there and his party going, whatever. I don't know what people think. He is not in hell. He will be cast into the lake of fire. He will be cast right now. His dominion is the earth and seal the, the, the underground. He's not in hell. Satan is a real being. He has a pronoun. He and him, the Bible, never calls Satan it. He's a real entity. He can't read your mind, but he can influence your mind through thoughts, through what? His acolytes, his demons put thoughts in your mind. That's why I said to go back. Is there a cloud? that all of our thoughts are in, that they're able to get into it. We don't know this. We don't understand this, right? The Bible calls Satan the prince of this world and the god of the world. And most people, think about our churches. Our churches are serving Satan as church services. Accumulate more, get more. It's worldly. Jesus said, I love not the world. Why do you? I don't love the world, nor the things of the world, Jesus said. Oh, my goodness. He's the prince of this world, but he isn't the king of this world. Scroll down. Keep going. He's a liar. Father of lies. Satan can give you things, but it comes at a price. Ask those, we're ask well. Ask those Masons, ask those Masons if they're free, or if they're if they're what the, everything they have if there's a string connected to it. God's pro-choice; He freely gives to. There are no attachments to the gifts of God other than obedience and loyalty. That's all. That's all it is. It says He would freely give us all things. Satan doesn't freely give you all things. If if we don't help people understand the the battle that's going around that they use politics, and they use education, and they use the media. The devil's team uses all of these things. And that's why they wanted to get in. And that's why they got into the music industry. And they took us away from wholesome, I want to hold your hand, to gyrations by Beyonce and those on the stage at halftime. Not to be ignorant of his devices. Scroll down next one. I don't know if I'm about done. I just... The Lord prompted me this morning and said, Coach, you need to go. He didn't call me coach. He said, you need to go over again. Satan has a team. <laughs> he has a team. 
Where's our team? What? Yeah. Demons influence the thoughts and minds of people. The guys in the government are demonically oppressed, possessed, and controlled. Come on! How else can you possibly explain that we still are murdering babies? They told us years and years and years, Supreme Court, man, it's it's right. Now it's not anymore. We're still doing it. Demons influence the thoughts and minds. Demons have a voice. Huh? Yes. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and another voice they won't hear. So there must be another voice. They don't hear it. Doesn't mean you don't hear it. It means you don't obey it. Sheep hear my voice. And that other voice, they don't obey. They got to take captive those other voices. Take captive that other voice. Said, nope, not here. Not today. Sorry. Jesus is here. Jesus lives here. And the entire American government is under the control of Satan. How do we know? They kicked Jesus out. Separation between the church and state. So therefore, where there is no good, what flows into that void? Evil flows into the void. You know what's going to happen next? I'll make the prediction now. You begin to watch. You watch how many churches are going to begin to now come out and speak in favor of transgenderism. You watch. You watch. You watch. Because why? They love the things of the world. And they know this. If a church stands up, if Coach Dave stands up and continues to speak against that demonic thing called transgenderism, huh? Oh, they're going to do everything they can to take me down. So if a pastor does that, oh my goodness. So a pastor knows this, that peaceful Christians aren't going to bother him in any way. So who's he worried about? I know this when I went through my battle with the ACLU. If you sit inside a school board meeting, one of the first things that they talk about is who's going to sue us? Who's going to sue us? And they know the Christians aren't going to sue us, so they obey the devil. They don't care. So they're not, they know that if they teach transgenderism in the school, the church isn't going to do anything. They're not going to say anything. So they said, hey, if we don't teach transgenderism, these other folks, they're going to go crazy on us. Come on now. Tell me you're grown up and you understand that. That's the way the game is played. Amen. They're not afraid of us. The church will embrace transgenderism. You heard it here first. Not the real church. Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Because the kings of the earth set the... There are kings of the earth. And they set themselves like concrete. And then the rulers who are the kings, take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. This is the battle. They've infiltrated the Republican Party. The kings of this earth have infiltrated the Republican Party. And those of of you out there who are working in politics, Angie, Glenn, I'm forgetting who are involved, Jeff Klein. You can't understand why these Republicans won't do what's right. It's because they're not afraid of us. Agreed. Thanks, Angie. Amen. Hey, they're going to go to the path of least resistance. And they can hide behind it and say, well, we're just showing the love of Jesus. We just, everyone deserves the same right. Just that same malarkey that they're going to be able to do because they know this. That way, the trannies won't show up at their church. Somebody say amen. 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 Bam. Yep, they've lied us. They've, they've, they've convinced us of that. Uh, I got to show you one more thing. Well, I, I, I want to get you in here. Let me show you this. Go to uh, uh, COVID deaths. This is this is this is staggering, friends. I just want to throw this out to you for the weekend. By the way, I'll be down in uh, Dayton, Tom Dunn's event. 
<clears throat> Doctor, every day Dr. McCall and I speak about those who have been injured. Scroll on down. The United States has a census of 322 million people. Thus, if even a small percentage of these people are injured or killed from COVID-19 vaccines, it still is a frightful number. Consider that 58,000 men were killed in Vietnam 10 years. 58,000 men died in Vietnam. It's just a tiny percent of the 100 million men who who counted in the 1968 census. It's still a large number, 58,000 men, right? Yesterday, former BlackRock portfolio manager Ed Dowden is analysis to research firm, yada, yada, published a report. Scroll on down. <clears throat> a serious, sober-minded man, he is ruthless in eliminating biases and wild assumptions. He and his team have focused their research on the 148 million Americans who are employed in the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Boom, boom, boom. Here's what they found out. Scroll down. Scroll down. Right there. Oh, all right. Uh, you, yeah, go on. Continue reading. They found out the 2022 U.S. vaccine report that 26.6 million injuries occurred from vaccines, 1.36 million disabilities, and 300,000 excess deaths. But the COVID lockdown cost a total of $147 billion. $89 billion in injuries, $52 billion in disabilities, and $5.6 billion and excessive deaths. Come back to the same thing. What are we going to do about it? Uh, 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 Folks, they'll they'll move us on to something else. They'll move us on to tranny shootings in Louisville to move us off the fact that we just watched the most murderous regime in the history of the world unleashed without any consequences. George, come on in. Yes, Coach. The frog in your throat is dioxin, broccoli sprouts. Satan, uh, this is the Omega. Satan, the director of music, been in music the whole time. Daddy thinks I'm crazy. I've been a bad, bad boy. No, you saying sorry for something that I enjoy. Yeah, he's been in the whole time. What are we going to do about it? You woke up the right guy, Coach. Just keep putting, <laughs> keep putting that stuff in the chat. And I'm calling it out. 500 people are getting it every single day when you put it in there. Thank you, Coach. Uh, Keep after him, baby. Keep after him, baby. Come on in, um, uh, Jock. Come on in. Roger. Roger Gates. Good, Roger Gates. Yeah, Coach, I just want to let you know that I was in drugs and all kinds of stuff before I was saved. And... I, I I worship rock music, <laughs> I, and when I when I got saved, I took all my record albums to the dump, and I had so many in my car that the front wheels were off the ground. So I had to make three trips. <laughs> <laughs> garbage in, garbage out. That's the place. Oh yeah, I'll tell you something. I think you'll understand. Most people can sing more Beatles than they can the Bible. Go ahead, Jock. Come on back in if you could. Lost him. Roger. Well, quickly, the best music was in the 70s, Journey, Foreigner, REO, Speedwagon. <laughs> but the only thing I would say is this, Dave, America's getting the payback. If you look at economically in the world, what they're doing to us, what's happening to the dollar, yep. Um, yep. payback's coming. And, and, then, it's coming from, and it's coming from other evil outfits. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Um, it's, the other evil people are coming after us. Amen. And, you know, it's it's clear that the dollar is dying. And what that means, I don't know that anybody can say. I can payback, feel payback it. Payback is coming. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Oh, boy. Huh? For dead in Ohio. Brett, come on in. Morning, Coach. Morning, team. I hate to uh, pee on the parade, but uh, I can't believe any nobody brought up the uh, Russia shot a uh, hypersonic missile in the NATO headquarters last night. Oh, I missed it. Oh, I missed it. Uh, yeah, that's that. We've been waiting for them to strike. Uh, supposedly, three hundred NATO troops dead, including Americans. Well, we've been egging them on, haven't we, Brett? We've been, well, egging, we've been them egging them on, haven't we, Brett? 
Yeah, we have. We have. Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Amen. If it's true. Emma. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Emma. If you sing the old hymns, many of them come straight from the scripture. Mm. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. I can't believe I know all that. I don't forget it, right? Don't get me going. Joe Allen, come in. Get your silver and your brass ready. <laughs> Denny Bryan. It's like a, a lightning round here. Gaithers. Great. <laughs> Still the best group ever. Yeah. And I know they're in the 70s, but I traveled two years with the gospel group. So I, I'm familiar with all the Gaithers. The, the, the words on there are so powerful. Mm. You can't listen to it without crying and just feeling the presence of God. I didn't think it could be till it happened to me. Glenn. Yeah, to to uh, Roger's point, uh, de-dollarization is well underway. Uh, we have the nations, uh, we have Saudi Arabia, Iran, Mexico, all siding with the BRICS nations. Uh, and they're, you know, they're going to go on a new system or they're in the process of doing that. Uh, Guatemala just kicked out uh, the Taiwan uh, embassy and invited China in. Mm. So, uh, you know, it's uh, things are changing fast. They're changing fast. And here's our response to it. I've been I don't know if I showed this the other day. I'm going to show it again, even if I didn't bring it up. It says church portal at the very end. We're running out of time here. Church portal. You, you tell me that this isn't the American Christianity. Three hours and 19 uh, three minutes and 18 seconds. This guy, the church transfer portal. For those of you who don't understand, in college football now, after a season, you can transfer. And it's called getting into the transfer portal. And you have reasons why you want to leave Ohio State and you want to go to Michigan. Or you want to leave Michigan. You've been there a year. You didn't get to play. So you're going to go to Indiana. You're going to transfer. It's called the church, uh, the transfer portal. So this guy's done the church transfer portal. Go ahead. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for coming in. Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. Our family is going to go and enter uh, the church transfer portal. Yeah. You know what? We Obviously, we've been at First Baptist for a long time. And, you know, Pastor Doug was the guy that originally recruited us um, when we moved to town. But with him, you know, rising with his Instagram following and he'd take the assistant job down at Elevation, uh we're also looking at options. I don't know. I don't know. I just want to say it. I got to do what's best uh, for myself and my family. Obviously, we're at a First Baptist currently. We'd rather not transfer in conference to another First Baptist church in town. But, you know, we're looking at all options. That The other First Baptist in town, obviously, they put up great numbers. But Easter and Christmas, we're going to have to compete against each other twice a year. So we're looking at other options. Obviously, the Woods Church has been, you know, a strong contributor for a long time. They told me as an elder... Uh, with my experience and my the numbers I've been putting up, they said I can contribute uh, on the elder board on week one. So that's definitely an option uh, that we're looking at. Obviously, Bethel, you know, everybody knows their worship numbers with the hand raised per person. That's top ten. That's going to qualify top ten every single year, just with the energy and emotion that they can stir up from that congregation. Obviously, that's hard to compete with. And then you got a sacred community. I mean, they we submitted our they looked at our tapes and my wife has the highest she's been doing the offering for what three years now the highest money per row uh conversion rates in the conference so they've been obviously looking at her and then of course freedom church with everything they've been doing with their new pastor obviously a little bit non-denominational not a lot of accountability over there but um you know what we like what they're doing and from our family standpoint i mean obviously you know the numbers my wife can put up as the offering taker. I mean, my son is a redshirt freshman in the youth group, and he's shown flashes on Wednesday night dodgeball. Uh, the youth pastor said that he has shown flashes, especially if he continues to show up on Wednesday night. All right, you can eat get some Oreos you get and some coke. That 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 is so American, right? So America. Uh, heading to uh, see down Tom Dunn's event this week down in in. Uh, Brookville, Ohio. I'd love to see some of you down there. And uh, the long and winding road. 
that leads to your door. Bum, 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 bum. See you tomorrow. No, Monday. See you Monday.